Hi, welcome to Grace Intersect. The goal of this podcast is to help us have an increasingly clear understanding of grace. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer. Thank you for joining us today. You may have had conversations which didn't always end up the way you were expecting them to, at least not the way they started. This happens for a variety of reasons, and it's not always bad. Sometimes these kind of conversations end up bringing clarity of understanding to all who are part of the conversation. That's what happened one day in a conversation with my dad. What we were talking about in generalities evolved into unexpected specifics that brought clarity of understanding for both of us. My dad was sitting on a couch across our small living room. We had always been a close family. A lot of love and acceptance existed between all of us, parents and siblings. We cared for and supported each other. Of course, we didn't always agree with each other, but we were still family. A huge part of our family experience was church involvement. Dad was a minister in a small denomination for over 50 years. He was totally devoted to it. He was well-known and respected for his vision and pastoral heart to meet the needs of anyone he could. While he loved talking prophetic interpretations or doctrinal nuances, his passion, above all else, was to have people meet Jesus as their Savior from their hopelessness in life. My wife and I had been coming more and more clearly to a realization that we were no longer a fit for our lifelong church. It didn't happen quickly, but it was a years-long process pushed forward by a series of events. However, the main and constant underlying reason for this realization had to do with our growing appreciation of grace and how it was incompatible with the teachings and the culture of the church. Beyond that, it was just as clear that there was no interest on the part of the church leadership, especially on the denominational level, to wrestle with the nature of grace and how it impacted the teachings of the church. I sat in a recliner across from Dad. Our discussion started out about general church stuff and then seemed to naturally evolve into being about how my wife and I were dissatisfied with our church experience. At some point it became clear to me that we were at the point of no return in our thinking, that it didn't seem possible to continue our current church participation. It just didn't make sense for us any longer. We were ready enough and needed to move on. Looking back, I didn't have any idea of how hard this and previous similar conversations, though more nuanced, how hard they were on Dad. I now suspect he tracked with our changes better than I did. He may well have seen this day coming before I did. I think I kind of did know it was coming, but just not now. Later, Mom told me how he grieved from the pain of the inevitable separation. As Dad was getting ready to leave, he asked if I could see any possible way to continue with the church. Clarity had provided strength. When I told him I didn't think so, he stood to leave. I walked with him out to the car and held the door open for him as he got in. He then asked, what was the single most important reason for leaving the church? Now, the answer could have been a few different responses, of course. Denominational leadership not showing interest in pursuing a better understanding of grace being at odds with local leadership priorities, our increased lack of compatibility with the church culture. What came out, though, I knew he would respect, even if he didn't agree with it. It was an important teaching of the church that I could no longer accept, and there was good reason for it. I told him that an ongoing study of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2-6 through 6 had convinced me that we were no longer under the rule of the Ten Commandments, and the fourth one in particular that our relationship with Jesus was more intimate than just trying to satisfy God by keeping rules and trying to improve our behavior. 
Dad nodded his head. He was very familiar with the verses being referred to. Was it a nod of understanding for my position or just a nod of acknowledgement that I had a reason for my decision to leave the church? I want to believe it was the former, but I'm not really sure. I suspect the drive of three to four miles back to his house was quite emotional for him. While this decision didn't change our love and joy of relationship in the family, it did change our priorities and activities. We were no longer a family that did a common church together, and that was a death of sorts, and we were all grieving a significant loss. Thankfully, we were all practicing grace with each other. Interestingly, I don't remember Dad and I having any doctrinal discussions after that time. If we did, I just don't have a recollection of them. Dad did show genuine interest in our journey of finding churches that would be more compatible with our understanding of grace. He would go to our church with us on an occasion and never expressed any judgmental attitude toward it. That's how it was with the family. The pain of church separation could be severe and was, but it wasn't going to diminish the love and support of each other. That's who we were as a family. Maybe you can relate to some part of this story. When you begin to see new truth that is so impacting that you must pursue it, even at the cost of the status quo, it puts you on a journey without a map. You may not know exactly where you are going or even how you're going to get to wherever it is you're going. It may seem so nebulous, uncertain, but also necessary. You are exploring good and important new territories with a faith that God is leading somewhere. And there are a lot of questions and discoveries to be made along the way. At this point, I didn't realize what was really happening, but looking back, all of the searching was really about getting to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit was exposing my wife and me to whole new ways of seeing Jesus. We were getting greater glimpses of his freedom for us, our completeness in him, how we thoroughly enthrall him. We were beginning to experience the abundant life Jesus wants us to have. Because the verses I shared with Dad were so powerful in cementing our decision to leave the church, I think it would be good to revisit them. If you come from a similar church background, you may have thought about these verses as well and wondered how they fit for you. Here is what they mean to me. From the New English Translation of 2 Corinthians 3, 2-13 and 17 and 18. So, verses 2 and 3. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone, revealing that you are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on stone tablets, but on tablets of human hearts. See what that says? As Christians, our lives are expressions of the Spirit of the living God. This is only possible through the Holy Spirit. And it specifically references the Ten Commandments as not being our expression of God. It's really pretty clear, but our conditioning can cloud our ability to see it. God's Spirit in our hearts specifically eliminates the Ten Commandments as being needed. This can be very hard to accept until we understand that we are trading trust in rules for trust in relationship. There will be much more about this in future episodes. Verse 4, now we have such confidence in God through Christ. Notice that it says our confidence in God is through Jesus, which suggests it's not in ourselves, not in the Ten Commandments. We can trust in God and what he has done for us and in us. Verse 5, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. Does this make it clear or what? We are not, nor ever can be, adequate in and of ourselves to express God. 
Trusting ourselves is not an option. Only His adequacy, given to us by Him through Jesus, can enable us to express God in our lives. No wonder so many of us Christians are a real mess. We keep trying to do it ourselves. Sometimes we may even ask for help. You know what I mean. Verse 6, who made us adequate to be servants of a new covenant, not based on the letter, but on the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So through Jesus, we are qualified to share the good news, the gospel of the new covenant. The new covenant is not a covenant based on rules. Why? Because the result of depending on rules is death. No one, none of us, can keep those rules perfectly enough. But... Because of Jesus, we are qualified to share the Spirit of God and His good news. News that gives life. I think this is really powerful stuff. Verses 7-11 through 11. But if the ministry that produced death, carved in letters on stone tablets, came with glory so that the Israelites could not keep their eyes fixed on the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, a glory which was made ineffective, how much more glorious will the ministry of the Spirit be? For if there was glory in the ministry that produced condemnation, how much more does the Spirit that produces righteousness excel in glory? For indeed, what had been glorious now has no glory, because of the tremendously greater glory of what replaced it. For if what was made ineffective came with glory, how much more has what remains come in glory? How in the world did I miss it all these years? It seems so clear now. Are you getting this, if you haven't already? The Ten Commandments results in death. Attempting to adhere to them produces condemnation. There is no human way to keep all the Ten Commandments perfectly throughout all our lifetimes. They have been replaced with something much more glorious, the Holy Spirit in us. Notice, the Holy Spirit produces righteousness in us and the result is glorious. I had no clue I was righteous. My behaviors, the rules I kept breaking were constantly condemning me. But he says that I am righteous because, through Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in me. Verses 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces reflecting the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, which is from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. Have more welcoming words been spoken? Where the Spirit of the Lord is present... There is freedom. What? No bondage of the Ten Commandments or the other 600 plus laws in the Old Covenant? You mean to tell me that the Holy Spirit within me gives me the freedom to live as I want? How is that possible? It is so easy to say, but, 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 but that's just the rules talking. They are nothing compared to the Holy Spirit. Notice the implied relationship aspect of this freedom. When the Holy Spirit has given me a new heart and is living within me, my deepest desire is to live in a love relationship with Jesus. What happens in a love relationship? Well, there is sharing. There is growing. With Jesus, a meaningful life with Him is the most fulfilling aspect of living. Think about this. What is your relationship to the Ten Commandments? And how satisfying is it? How do you even decide to answer that? Is it risky to discard them as requirements for living? Some who are not Christians also have their own rules. How complete are they for living? Do they define your personality? How well do you live up to your own rules? Do you expect others to live up to them also? And how disappointing is that? Feel free to pause the podcast for as long as necessary to process these questions. 
After all, it is your life you are now thinking about, and that is worth taking time to process. Here are a couple more questions. What is your deepest love relationship? And then think about this. In what way do you experience freedom in that relationship? In the next episode, we are going to develop the concept of rules and or relationships much more fully. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer, and this is the Grace Intersect Podcast. And as we process together, please know your thoughts and or questions are always welcome. Comments may be made at the graceintersect.com website or by emailing comments at graceintersect.com. Have a great day.